Well, it's another brand new week of Mountain Bike Talk SA. It's good to have you on board. Brad Brown with you. Thank you for downloading and listening to this weekly podcast on the mountain biking scene here in South Africa. Uh, yeah, pretty cool show lined up. I'm very, very, very excited uh, about our first guest today. I've been trying to get him on the show for a while now. He's been traveling back and forward between North America and Europe. Uh, he's going to be heading home soon as well uh, for the World Champs that are coming up at the end of the month in Peter Maritzburg. Finally managed to get some time with Greg Minar this week. Very, very chuffed. Very cool chat as well with Greg. Uh, so appreciate his time. Uh, caught up with him while he was in Canada just a couple of days ago. That's coming up on the show this week. And then we head to Cape Town, where I caught up with uh, Robert Fogel, who is the chairman of the Table Mountain Bikers Association. And they're doing some amazing work from a safety perspective on Table Mountain, on the trails there. They work with local uh, government and national parks. And I'll find out exactly from Robert how they're doing things in Cape Town. And it's a pretty cool chat if you uh, live anywhere in the country and you're having problems on trails and that sort of thing with bike jackings. What these guys in Cape Town have done is phenomenal. So you can learn a hell of a lot from what Roberts uh, and uh, his cyclists down in Cape Town have implemented. It's a great idea and I think it is definitely sort of uh, able to be duplicated countrywide just to make our trails and, and tracks uh, a lot safer to, to, to ride on. And then I also caught up with Betty Enslin from Spectrum Sports about a race that's coming up at Hardebeerspoort Dam towards the end of this month. So that's all coming up in the show this week. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, you can send me an email, podcast at mountainbiketalksa.co.za. It's podcast at mtbtalksa.coza. You can follow us on Twitter as well, at mtbtalksa, or like us on Facebook. Just look for us, mtbtalksa. Before we do anything else, let's get straight into the first interview with Greg Minar. Mountain Bike Talk SA. Gee, I tell you, we've, we've had some, some really good athletes on the show the last few weeks, and I'm super stoked to have uh, Greg Minar on the show this week. Uh, all the way from Canada. Greg, welcome on to Mountain Bike Talk SA. Thanks for, for catching up with us today. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. Greg, Greg you've, you've had a, a pretty decent season. You've done some serious traveling. You, you've just headed back uh, to Canada from Andorra. Tell us a little bit about how your season's gone so far. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's been a bit tough. You know, I, had, I started off quite badly in Fort William where I normally have great results. So, um, you know, I was eighth there and then, then in Italy, I was I was third and and sixth in Andorra. So, for me personally, I don't feel like I'm I'm quite on top of my game. It's it's been hard to to get the results that I've I've had in the past. You know, I'm I'm lying third overall in the World Cup, so um, it's okay. There's been a quite a mix of riders mixing things up this year. Quite a new new mix of riders. <clears throat> so yeah, it it hasn't been going. Um, too well but at the same time you know the the racing's been super tight you know in Andorra where there was um I was sixth um only two seconds back so um there's not there's not a lot in it that's crazy (laughs) that's mad splits that Greg I mean that was that was a super big track as well so it was was really long and and technical and and normally on a track that's long and technical you, you normally have about five or six seconds splitting the first three so yeah it was um it's been very unusual it's very tight now at the at the top 
yeah, just small margins separating separating the top guys. But I mean, you you're saying you haven't had the greatest season, like you said, you're sitting third at the moment. So, not not bad, but but to your standards, obviously, you want to win these things. You don't go out there to finish third; you go out there to win. Uh, the reason I wanted to touch base with you this week as well is uh, there's a small matter of world champs coming up in Peter Maritzburg end of the month. Are you looking forward to coming home? Yeah, yeah, I am. I haven't been home for a while, so I'm, I'm going to head back next week. Um, and then, you know, I'll be knuckling down to some tough training uh, prior to the race. It's 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 a big build-up. I'm, I'm really excited for it. I feel I'm in good condition. You know, it's uh, I feel fit and strong and... And you know I'm I'm ready to lay it out on on the track there. So yeah, we can. Uh, it, it, nerves are starting to kick in. I'm sure, especially that it's in in your own backyard. I mean, it's it's back in South Africa. It's it's it's. I mean, it's amazing to be able to. I, I mean, I, I I'm speaking like I know, but it must be amazing to to be able to race at at a World Champs in South Africa. Oh, definitely. It, it's it's a chance of a lifetime. I don't think. Um, it's happened before in, in our sport, especially, and I think for for any athlete to be able to race at home, I'm literally two kilometers from your doorstep, would be any dream come true. So, you know, I've got to make the most of this opportunity and get out there and 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 do my best. I mean, there's there's a bit of pressure on you because of that reason as well. I mean, how are you coping with that? Yeah, there, there's a lot of pressure. It's alright. I I can deal with it. It's fine. Um, I'm lucky and I, I don't know, it's just, it's just something I've learned over the years to deal with pressure and I, I think it elevates my, my riding. So, you know, I know I've done really good preparation, our equipment's up to speed. Uh, I know that technically I'm up to speed and, and I know I've got the fitness, although I haven't been able to show it in the uh, in, in that style of track. So, you know, I, I think um, I, 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 I feel like we've done the right preparation, so it does give me confidence as well. But but I mean, you, you, we, let's talk about that hometown advantage. I mean, how much of a of a boost does that give you as an athlete? Just because uh, the crowds are going to be be amazing, and and they ninety five percent of them are going to be shouting for you. How much of a of a boost does that give you as an athlete? Well, in our sport, it makes it quite hard because they they you've got this one run to be able to do it. So, although you know your your runs what three minutes. Um, there's going to be a time in that in that run when you're going to fatigue, and and hopefully there's a lot of crowd around that area to 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 give you strength to dig deep. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a hard one, but definitely the the atmosphere at Cascades has been great in the years past. I think for the World Championships, it's going to be even bigger. I mean, it's obviously trails that you've you've ridden uh, just millions of times, basically. And and I mean, how well do you know the the sort of track that you're going to be racing on? Yeah, I know it well. You know, my first uh, mountain bike race was in Cascades, and um, I live right on on the fringe of it, so I, I run and I ride up there often. It just you know I try and stay clear from the track. It's it's a thing in downhill racing where you, if you override something, you end up um, going a little bit slow on it. So I've tried to keep it fresh. I know the trail, obviously. I know where it goes. It's been there for a while. Um, we, we do have set practice during the week. So, you know, in that time, the new lines will develop with the faster riders coming in and all the international riders being there. The, the lines will change a bit, and that's what I've just got to stay on top of. And, and besides that, just uh, dig deep in that middle flat section. I mean, you're you're obviously one of our our big medal hopes. Another one, sort of started this year was Barry Stunder. I mean, it's going to be really sad not having Barry there this year, isn't it? Yeah, that definitely is. It's uh, 
it's um, yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy walking out there and going to the first day of practice or even watching the start of the elite men's cross country. Um, it's uh, it, it's a sad, it's it's a really sad um, tragedy that happened, and you know, I just uh, it's a time where where our South African riders can really um, just give it a shot for Barry, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, his 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 passing has left a massive void in the sport, and 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 that's exactly it. I think a lot of lot of riders, and I'm sure you are too, are going to go out there and, and just really give it your all for for Barry. Oh, definitely. It's um, you definitely will. I think we go out there every time to ride, but this time in the back of our head, we've got one of our friends watching us from above. And then, Greg, this is this has been your focus, obviously, for for a long time now. Is is world champs at home? Have you given much thought as to to what happens afterwards? What are you What are you looking to achieve after world champs? Well, you know, we go from uh, one season to to the next, and this this year has really been geared up for this race. And next year, I definitely want to tackle the World Cup again and make sure. I'm, on top of my game, now, this year it's been disappointing. You know, I'm lying in third. I, I haven't been lower than second for the last six years. So it's, um, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not enjoying the World Cup season fighting for third place. It's something that you know I've got this weekend coming up, and then two races after the World Champ that I'd like to change, and then next year going into that, that's going to be a focus too. And then I go to another track where I've had decent results on before. So, um. Yeah, I think I'm going to be in the sport for a little bit longer. I've got a couple of goals to achieve still. Um, and I don't, you know, I'd like to, I could achieve them this year, but I don't think I'll be able to. But we'll see how that goes. I'd like to win at least another three more World Cups and then uh, see where it takes me from there. I mean, the Enduro scene's kicking in quite a bit, and I've had some good rides there. Um, I've noticed now in South Africa there's a series popped up, an Enduro series, and that's that's something a little bit more endurance, but has some down or two. But, uh, at the moment, I'm really enjoying racing down, or I'm just having a great time. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on this year, so you've got to try to stay fresh and keep motivated, which is which gets tough at times. But um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be in the sport for a couple more years. Greg, I, I love that you just hate the fact that you're sitting in third. I, I, that prob- that's probably <laughs> what separates the, the the really good riders from the average ones. I mean, most people would be chuffed with third, and you just hating it. I love that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> Greg, it's it's been amazing catching up. Uh, I know you, your schedule's crazy at the moment. I also just wanted to wish you all the best for for World Champs. We probably won't catch up before then, but from from all of our listeners here at Mountain Bike Talk SA, your name comes up all the time when I ask people who do you want us to chat to. So really, really glad that we managed to to catch up with you before, and and hopefully we can we can touch base with you afterwards uh, as a world champion. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> Greg, have a have a safe trip back to SA and we'll 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 chat soon. Thanks, Brad. Thanks a lot. Mountain Bike Talk SA, we have got some amazing, amazing places to ride in this country. I think we are truly, truly blessed. And it's an absolute pleasure to have on the show this week uh, Robert Fogel, who is the founder of Table Mountain Bikers. Robert, welcome onto the show today. Thanks for taking the time to chat to us. Tell me a little bit about how Table Mountain Bikers came about. I started it in 2011. Um, it was in response to the increased hijackings on the mountain. And uh, I just felt as a private individual, I just wanted to do something. And uh, I joined the Table Mountain Safety Forum, which uh, 
consisted of City of Cape Town official SAPs, Sandparks, uh, a couple of other organizations. And I just uh, got a bit frustrated with the procedures and a lot of talk and very little progress. So I just went out on my own and made some signs and put them up on the mountain all over the place, just giving location for people to sort of orienteer themselves or know where they were with an emergency number. You know, just a little something to get the process moving to show people something was happening out there. And um, that then progressed to um, trying to lobby Sandparks to let me sign post the mountain properly, um, mark the routes, uh, and then map the routes. That was then the follow-on onto the signage. Uh, did a couple of awareness rides. The first one I did um, coincided with a safety day that SAPs were organizing with Sandparks and uh, got about 170 cyclists out on the day, got some coverage on the news on super cycling as well. And then it just started growing from there and then eventually I got the signage onto the mountain, uh, November 2012, we got permission to do it, so it took almost a year. Uh, then got the map printed and put that out, yeah, and that's proved very popular. I mean, Sandparks use it as a reference, they don't have their own map in fact, so they use my maps. Uh, we mapped Tokai as well because I felt there was a need for something for guys to take along. Um, yeah, and then in September 2012, I decided to add a little club component just to, you know, show that guys could show a bit of commitment. You know, they've been doing quite a bit of work on it and, and on my own and sort of needed a bit of help. But a lot of people are working to so understand that there's always a time issue. So I said, let's um, make a contribution and that's your way of contributing. So I'm sitting now with 165 paid up members and a database of another 200 odd cyclists that are sent out newsletters to on a, on a weekly basis, you know, fighting for more trails, trail access, shared trails, looking at getting a trail through to Tokai, um, you know, and a whole host, host of other things. I mean, that's what it's about. You guys down there in Cape Town are, are truly blessed with, with some of the most beautiful trails and, and mountain bike paths uh, in the country, never mind in the world. Uh, but you have had a few issues with regards to safety uh, over the last few years, and, and you've come up with, with hopefully a solution to that, haven't you? Well, I think so. I mean, at least uh, as privateers, we've tried to make an effort. Um, uh, one part of that safety or adding features or another layer of safety to the mountain is, you know, working with Sand Parks as private people and showing our support for them. Um, I've signposted the mountain, so the trail network is clearly signed and marked. Uh, anybody unfamiliar with the area can navigate their way around there. Um, signage has got numbers on them that corresponds to numbers on the map, so you know exactly where you are. So in case of an emergency, you can give your location through quite specifically. Um, I've also recently, uh, with the help of my members, who were very generous, and we collected uh, over 30,000 rand and put in three surveillance cameras in three locations on Table Mountain, specifically in the hotspot area close to Rhodes Memorial. Those cameras monitor the trails. They are motion activated. Uh, once activated, they send an MMS image to my cell phone and uh, two of the rangers, the head of security and his deputy, get the same information which we share cameras remain our property. 
But yeah, so that's just another layer, another way of sort of trying to make it safe for everyone to use the mountain. Robert, since bringing in this this sort of initiative and, and mapping out those routes, has has bike jackings come like the, the the statistics of bike jackings has it come down in in that area? It has. I mean, you know, we had since 2011. I mean, there was a lot of focus on that area. The crime, yeah, I wouldn't say it vanished. It might have just relocated. Um, it was very quiet until early in the year now, February, March, April. We had three incidents uh, specifically in a hotspot area very close to Rhodes Memorial. If uh, you or riders look at the map that I've printed, the hotspot is actually clearly marked on the map. So it gives everyone pre-warning. But after that last attack in April, I had a meeting with Sand Parks and I just said to them, listen, we need to get more presence of rangers into that area specifically, even if you take resources out of another area, because, you know, other areas are quiet at the moment um, or have no crime. Put your resources into this hotspot, show your commitment, uh, show the criminals we are aware of them and we are there and present. And I must say that since that meeting, they've been very positive. They've put the ranges there. They've put the vehicles there. The riders are telling me they're there. They're seeing them all the time. They're responding. We have people phoning me saying we're feeling a bit nervous. Uh, we, we see people walking around. We're not sure who they are. I put a call through to Sand Parks. They send the rangers there with a vehicle. They check out the, the suspicious people. They reassure the runners, the cyclists. And then I get reports back as well, which is great. So we have a good working relationship. I think that's the key, Robert, and, and, and there's, there's lots. It's not just an exclusive to, to Cape Town problem. I know uh, there are a few hotspots in, in Joburg as well where, where, where there have been bike jackings. And I think what, what you guys are doing down there in Cape Town is a great example of, of how you can engage local authorities as a mountain biking community and improve it for everyone. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you've got any hints or tips for us, and maybe somebody's listening to this thing and, and they ride on trails where, where there are problems, and, and they want to do something about it. What can, as a as a normal citizen of South Africa, what can we do? Well, I, mean, I think first of all, you know, the first the gut sort of response is to sort of take action with, say, weapons or you know, sort of a let's call it a semi sort of how should I say violent aggressive approach. aggressive approach. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. An aggressive, us, you know, I, there's a place for everything. I just say, look. We don't know whether these guys are armed. So if you pull a weapon, they might pull a weapon. They're far more, you know, they're far more inclined to use it than we are. So I take another approach. I say we also can't react as quickly. If you jacked from behind, generally guys are grabbing you from behind. You've got no time to respond. So be aware of the situation. Tell everybody. Find the authorities involved on the ground. I mean, with us at Sandparks, in other areas, it could be, you know, maybe it's. Uh, Cape Pine or one of these logging companies, maybe it's another nature conservation arm somewhere in another province. Find out what they're busy with, engage them, tell them that you want to help. Don't get aggressive, be patient. It's a different animal. These semi-parastatals work totally different to the way we work. Just sort of try to link in with how they work. Find somebody, potentially somebody cycles and um, you know, work with them, show your commitment, make an effort on your side, volunteer stuff yourself, don't ask them all the time, see what you can do, find other like-minded people, club together, raise some funds if you need to put in cameras, if you need to put in, build a fence, if you need to, whatever measure you might want to take, do it yourself and that shows the commitment and all of a sudden the authorities start coming onto your side, opening up, offering information and assisting in a, in a much better way.
Yeah, and it is. It's, it's a joint venture. I think at the end of the day, it's easy to sit back and, and blame local authorities or, or blame the government. But at the end of the day, if we want our trails to be to be safe, we need to do something to, to, to help out as well. And, and yeah, I just I think what you guys are doing there down there at Table Mountain is phenomenal. And I wanted to highlight it uh, on this week's show as well. You mentioned the club component. If, if somebody who lives down in Cape Town and they want to come and join you guys, because once again, there is definitely safety in numbers, especially when it comes to, to, to riding in these hotspot sort of areas. How can they get in touch with you, Robert? Well, the web, um, Table Mountain Bikers has a website, uh, tablemountainbikers.co.za. It's quite easy to remember. Um, there is an application form online, which is fill in. It comes through to me. I will respond to you. And um, you know, put you on the database, and then from there on, you'll be informed about you know anything that happens on the mountain. Initiatives that we're busy with, group rides. We do quite a number of those as well. I try and get the guys together. We ride together either on the mountain. We've got weekly rides. We've got a Wednesday morning ride. We've got a Thursday night ride that goes out every week, um, rain or shine, unless it's a deluge. You know, I'm just trying to build a community as well. So it costs you. New memberships coming up 1st of September. We're looking at an annual fee of only 220 Rand. Uh, added to that membership card that you get are a lot of benefits that I've negotiated with bike shops, other businesses in Cape Town, which, you know, I thought keep it local, support local business. They give us discounts in return. You know, it's just like building a whole community. That's pretty much what it's about. Yeah, exactly. And, and if we all stand together, we'll make it work. Robert, what I'll do is I'll pop your details, the, the website details and that on our website as well. So if somebody's listening to this and they, they want to get in touch, all they need to do is go check out the show notes for this episode of Mountain Bike Talk SA and they can link directly through from there. Robert, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, keep up the great work. Uh, I love hearing stories like this, just really pockets of people doing some amazing work and I wanted to share it with the rest of the country as well. So keep it up. Well done and hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Mountain Bike Talk SA. We've got uh, a few cool races coming up in the next month or so. And I wanted to touch base with the folks from Spectrum Sports. And it's an absolute pleasure to have Betty Enslin on the show today. Betty, welcome on to uh, Mountain Bike Talk SA. You guys have got a race coming up at uh, Port Dam in a few weeks time the 23rd of august is when it's happening it's called the redstone mountain bike it's uh, part of a series event number four tell us a little bit about the the race betty what how many like different races are there distances and that sort of thing we've got a 10 kilometer for the youngsters we've got a 25 kilometer uh, that's for the middle guy that doesn't want to go too far and also school children from uh, 13 to uh, 15 years and then we've got a 50 kilometer for the guys that's feeling really strong. Okay, so it's a nice, a nice spread for, for people. It, it doesn't really matter what your fitness level is. There's something for everyone, right? Yes, no, we try and cater for the whole family. Okay, and Betty, as far as, as entries go, are in, entries are still open for the event. When, when can people enter, or when do entries close, rather? Uh, the entries close the Friday before the race. The race is normally on the Sunday. The entries close on the Friday, Friday and... Uh, you can enter at Cycle Lab. Okay, so entries entries close. I think it's the twenty third of August, right? You you mentioned Cycle. Uh, look, the race the race is on the twenty fifth, so the entries will be closing on the twenty third. Yes. Okay, perfect. Twelve o'clock um, on the Friday. You mentioned entries at Cycle Lab, but uh, you can also enter online as well. I'm sure. Yeah, that's the in, the online entries is with uh, Cycle Lab. Okay, and then you can also enter on the morning of the race. 
and we start entries at 6 o'clock and uh, we finish uh, when the race starts. Okay, tell us a little bit about the venue where this, where this is all happening. It's the Redstone Private Country Estate. Tell us a little bit more yes. about what people can expect with, with regards to the actual ride. Um, it's uh, quite a, a difficult ride. It's not, uh, it's not the easiest out. But uh, if you, you know, feel fit and uh, the 25 kilometer is for the guys that's not as fit. But if you do the 50, it's a double of, you know, of the, the 25. Okay. It's, a, it's a double of. A double lap, you know, yeah. You do the 25 and then you do the 50 a double uh, round. Okay. And then um, you can also, um, if you don't finish the, tw- the 50 and you come in on a 25, you get a bailiff certificate. Okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> because we don't want people to bail, but if they really can't make it, then we give them a certificate for bailing. <laughs> um, they all get medals. Uh, we've got some nice cold drinks on the road. Uh, we've got uh, turbo vites at the water point, and uh, we've got water and uh, an energy drink which is 32 GI, and at the finish we always have oranges and some cold drink mix for the guys, which they like a lot because they get sick of, you know, sick and tired of just getting the energy drinks all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there's food for sale. It's a nice outing for the whole family. It's like a picnic atmosphere there. All right. Yeah. That sounds brilliant. So bring the whole family down. Okay, then, Betty, as far as the, the race goes itself, uh, I know everyone's really interested in single track. What, what sort of split have you guys got with regards to single track and, and the rest of the stuff? Uh, well, we've got a Jeep track. Uh, it's about 60%, and the single track is about 40%. And then it's a semi-technical race, and it's got a lot of uh, fantastic scenery. Okay. And, uh, yeah, with Louis being the uh, race organizer, and the root uh, uh, developer, he's, he's always got a surprise up his sleeve for everybody. It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it is definitely a lot of fun. Betty, it, it all gets underway. What time does the race start? Uh, the, race, uh, the race starts at 8.30. Oh, 8.15, sorry, 8.15. And, uh, yeah, our entries open at 6. So that if the guy, you know, decides on the morning the weather's, the weather's looking good, he can come and enter on the day. Okay, sounds amazing. And if, well. if, if people want to get hold of you to find out more, what, what's the easiest way to get a hold of Spectrum Sport? Yeah, they can go onto our website, um, which is Spectrum Sport. Um, spectrumsportevents.co.za and uh, my telephone number is on the website but I can also give you my number. Yeah, that's perfect. They can phone me anytime. It's 083 435 Awesome. We normally have a bike wash as well for the guys that don't want to travel back home with their dirty okay. bikes. So, uh, yeah, we we try and look after them very well. All right, and then what I'll do is I'll pop all those details up on our website too uh, on Mountain Bike Talk SA. Uh, if somebody just wants to head straight through from our website, they can. They can just link straight through, just get to the show notes for episode four. Betty Enson, thank you so much for chatting us, uh, chatting to us today. All the best for your race, and, and we look forward to, to touching base again soon. You're welcome. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you uh, coming out to us. 
Well, that's it for another week of Mountain Bike Talk SA. Thanks a lot to our guests, Greg Minnar, Robert Fogel, and Betty Enslin for joining us on the show today. I look forward to putting another one together for you next week. And in the meantime, be in touch. You can pop me an email, podcast at mtbtalksa.co.za. You can like us on Facebook as well. Just go to facebook.com forward slash mtbtalksa, or you can follow us on Twitter. It is uh, at MTB Talk SA. It's as simple as that to be in touch. If there's someone you'd like us to interview or perhaps chat to here on the show, please do be in touch. If you do download this podcast through iTunes as well, we'd love it if you could add a review. It just takes a couple of seconds and what that does is it just helps other people find this podcast as well. Also, if you have riding mates who you think could find value in this podcast, if you wouldn't mind sharing the link as far and wide as possible because that's the only way we can get word out on this This podcast is by word of mouth. So uh, I would really, really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing the love and helping me do that. So until next week, from myself, Brad Brown, have yourself a brilliant one, and we'll chat soon. Cheers.